Hello and welcome to episode 403 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fan's weekly podcast of many topics. I'm Mike Solosi, and listeners, um, I would like to explain uh, the this podcast's unusual title, but before we do that, uh, let's introduce the panel. Uh, joining me are Alex Frendicek. Hello. Audra Bowling. Hello, hello. Steph Sabidlo. Hi. And making his RPG Fan podcast debut, Paul Dennis. Hello. It's your so, debut? Yes. Oh, yay, awesome. welcome. One of us, one of us. Oh, gobble, fresh gobble. meat. There you go. <laughs> but, all right, <laughs> Paul, Steph, Audra, Alex, um, we're here to share some bad opinions. Uh, now, you may you maybe have heard the adage, or at least some version of it, opinions are like assholes, everyone's got them, nobody should share them. Um, that's true under most circumstances, but... Uh, and, and, but I think that the five of us, because we play a lot of video games, we follow what's going on with video games, we're involved in communities of RPG fans, we have an idea of what is the general opinion of what's good and what isn't good. Like, we, I'm not going to say we perfectly know, know every, know the consensus, but we have a f- our finger on the pulse of what a lot of the community thinks. Would you think that's fair? Like, we, we mostly know the consensus opinions for the biggest RPGs? I'm chronically online and I use social media, so yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why I feel like I have a, I have a similar knowledge. It's you know it, uh, a little too online. Been reading uh, game reviews and games writing for uh, literally too decades long. by yeah. now. Uh, so I mean, we know people like Final Fantasy six VI and seven. People don't like Final Fantasy two as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we have to prove that. Yeah, we we know what we're talking about. Wait, but. I, but that's my take. Final Fantasy II is the best Final Fantasy. Dang it! Oh no, we found we found a we Alrighty. found a we found a, a like a Kawazu apologist here. <laughs> I, I don't think we're going to be sharing any Aki Itoshi Kawazu takes today. But where the place I was going was that we have an idea of what the popular consensus is for most of the biggest RPGs, but we don't always necessarily share that uh, opinion. Every like all of us have opinions that we feel are a little weird or a little bit against the grain, or we probably wouldn't publicly share unless we were trying to, uh, you know, make some noise or ruffle some feathers. Not today. We're proud of our opinions today. (laughs) Exactly. Right now there are, um, there are no bad opinions, no unpopular opinions, just your own opinions. And let's hear some of the stranger ones. We're going to share each of us. uh, This is a show and tell style episode. We're going to share two of our, uh, what we think of are as unpopular or differing opinions regarding RPGs. And, uh, I mean, I mean, and again, uh, we, I, we did, um, share a little bit about them before, uh, we started recording. And the idea is, uh, don't be too mild. Like, don't say, Oh, I think final fantasy six is good. And, uh, but also, uh, but also don't be too, um, convoluted, like, like keep it to one or two sentences and something that you genuinely think, is um, a little bit different from the consensus. Do you, uh, but but um, everyone's feeling all right about what they chose. I think yeah. so. I mean, I guess I'll see once uh, other people start <laughs> reacting to it. <laughs> I've been proven wrong. I take it back. Yeah, okay, I, w- I will say I, um, I, I'm the only one that has seen everyone's because I wanted to make sure there wasn't any uh, any overlapping or anything that was truly offensive in what we chose. And and there's nothing offensive. 
but uh, there are some that I think I... games should be more offensive. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Okay. Oh, okay, Dave Chappelle, calm down. No. Um, but the uh, I, I feel like generally uh, there are some I agree with and some I disagree with, and all of which could uh, prompt a pretty interesting discussion. Does, so, does anyone want to go first for unpopular opinion show and tell? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, maybe I, I, I'll go first, uh, break the ice a little bit, and, and then maybe someone else will be a little bit more confident following suit. Uh, now, I, I should mention, I really like the Tales of series, uh, Bandai Namco's um, series of RPGs dating back to Tales of Fantasia in 95 or 96, and I've played a bunch of them. I, I want to say I've finished eight or nine and played another three or four others, and uh, I hope this isn't this doesn't uh, start a like demonstrate a pattern that I've been showing for years, but I think almost all of them should like end around the 80% mark. Every tales of game is too long. And that's not because uh, the content is bad necessarily. Uh, Like almost all of them have a really entertaining battle system um, and stuff to do until the very end. But like when I think of like the third act of tales of Vesperia, or what happens in um, in Tales of Arise after you defeat the uh, the fifth monarch? It, it's the final act is always a letdown compared to like like what had happened a little bit earlier, and and it's not for like stretching out the plot reasons, or maybe it is a little bit. But you guys, the, those of you that have played a couple Tales of games, do all of them feel like they, they they're like twenty percent too long? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially Vesperia. I So I played through it and felt the exact same way. There were like three different times past the halfway mark where I was like, game's over, you know? And then and then it was like, but wait, there's more. And uh, and then I suggested it to a co-worker at work and he said the same sh- And I, I didn't prompt him. I didn't tell him, <laughs> you know? He, he was just like, yeah, I thought I was over and, 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 and it just keeps going. I had someone uh, I talked about RPGs like that at work. I'd be like stepbrother style. Are we best friends now? <laughs> yep. Yeah. It, it, it's, I mean, he, he's really cool. He's, he's a close friend of mine now, but uh, he, he's like just getting into RPGs. And I'm not oh, really cool. sure that, that Vesperia uh, yeah, was like I'm the not, I'm not, I, thing to... I, I, Oh boy. I mean, a, a long Tales of game. I'm not sure that's the best baby's first RPG necessarily. <laughs> he liked it. Uh, but also Vesperia is cool because like everybody's a pretty charming character, especially Yuri. And so yeah. it's like really easy to to, you know, stick around with him. Like it, it, it certainly does kind of overstay its welcome. But uh, but at least they're you're with they're cool people. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, Tales of Vesperia is good. It's it's maybe my favorite Tales of game. I'd have to spend some more time thinking about that before uh before saying that out loud although we did do a um a best of uh uh, which tales of game is best episode i think oh geez steph when was that like 2017 or something they're gonna say 20 years ago (laughs) (laughs) steph 20 years ago podcasts didn't exist (laughs) but 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 yeah like uh, um I, and, I will and Vesperia's respect- not the Vesperia is okay. not the only one. Like I think that um, the last act in Arise is sort of too long. All the Darius Carlon oh, yeah. stuff in uh, in Symphonia is uh, is sort of overwrought. Uh, I mean, I think Chazelle's a cool final boss, but Tales of Eternia really loses steam um, uh, towards the end. And and, and uh, the, the real weakness of Tales of uh, Eternia is that uh, Max is not the main character. 
And he joins two thirds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna just respond with that. Uh, I will respectfully disagree, but I wish they would take a couple of the crappier dungeons out, and I think that would fix my issues. Like get all those uh, sewer dungeons. Just just get rid of them. Don't question it. No second thought. No sewer dungeons needed. Um, there's like some crappy ice sliding puzzles. You know, I, I don't like those. <laughs> So yeah. like I wouldn't make I wouldn't cut the final act, you know, but I would cut some of the more pointless filler dungeons. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say the entire run of a of a given tales game is all killer no filler. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I've only played two of them, just uh, <laughs> Tales of Symphonia and Arise, but uh out of those two I can confirm that I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, length was it was an issue with more of these games, but I feel you could even have taken this statement even further and just been like twenty percent of most RPGs could probably be cut because <laughs> there's just like even just like thinking about things like sewer dungeons and ice sliding puzzles. It's like why have I played so many RPGs with sewer with dungeons these? and ice sliding puzzles? And <laughs> maybe we should just love uh, them. <laughs> 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 Dang it, we've got Audra with her I like sliding dungeon puzzle take. <laughs> <laughs> Good news, a lot of RPGs have them for some reason. They just read some Victor Hugo and got way too excited about sewer dungeons. Like, Symphonia wasn't even funny. They had, like, an ice sliding puzzle and then a gravity sliding puzzle. <laughs> it's like, it was the exact same thing. Those, yeah, uh, I, I have... those, those spirit temples in Symphonia got... I don't, I don't know. I, I, I loved I, them. I loved even the stupid shadow one and got really good at it, like solving it quickly, besides the fact that they couldn't turn, turn corners real good. I have like like nightmares about the, the Pokemon Silver like ice sliding puzzle. Oh, that's uh, a good one. And I was stuck that, on that I, for I a long time. I always think of that one. <laughs> really? And, like, I, like, I'm not a smart guy. Like, I was a real dumb kid. <laughs> and so I was stuck on that for like months, you know? And then, and, and, uh, so anytime. Like I come across one in a game that I'm playing, I'll just hand the controller to my girlfriend because like it just doesn't compute. I'll I'll never get memories. It. <laughs> All right, well, I, I guess we're mostly in agreement. Maybe that wasn't as uh, spicy a take as I was thinking. That most tales of games could lose the final act. Uh, but let's see. We do have a couple other uh, takes here that are about how long games are uh but but everyone's it's a pretty diverse group here does anyone uh want to uh, be brave and be the second person to go forward uh i think anthem is great uh Ooh, i have I, a, I have a lot of hours in anthem uh and i think it's a gorgeous game and the the launch for anthem was not worse than cyberpunk and like not that cyberpunk doesn't deserve the applause for like you know uh, getting back on track or whatever, but like, I think Anthem did pretty well eventually. It's just that it had run out of steam and or like like goodwill. Like the 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 players had just stopped caring by the time the game was like put back together. And like the world was pretty, you know, the controls felt great. I loved the gunplay, and like they they perfected the whole. Uh, like the priming and detonating system that Bioware was trying to put into every game around that era, <laughs> you know, uh, with that game, it was so fun. It was, I, I thought, I thought it was incredible and it gave me like kind of like Warframe, but slower and prettier vibes, like more polished. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a super sick game. And I, I, I was, I think the, probably the hardest video game news 
that I that I ever had to like take was was when they gave up on Anthem Next. So oh, yeah, I I remember thinking like I I saw that coming, but I was kind of sad because everything they put into that game actually looked really impressive. Yeah, I liked how alien some of the world settings were. Like they they really yeah they really wanted to communicate like this is a a sci-fi world that's sort of beautiful and dangerous and mm-hmm. the and like the relationships with characters in their mechs reminded me of maybe some very specific anime and cartoons or like an rpg version of a game like titanfall um but i i haven't played i haven't played anthem but i have a very specific podcast related memory of it because i what year was this i i think it was 2019 um in january february march uh on episodes of random encounter i was on, i think i was on maybe two in that range with caitlin and caitlin was playing the demo of anthem then a pre-release version of anthem and then she was playing it for a review so caitlin was on i i, I don't I'm, i might get these numbers off a, a little bit something like three episodes in a row or maybe three out of four episodes in a row of random encounter and you could see her arc of being excited about the demo and then worried about the main game and then just so disappointed by the end like oh yeah the the, the launch of anthem was genuinely rough oh it was uh, terrible and and also i mean like like has bioware made anything that was really great uh like since anthem because i mean i mean okay they, they, they've made legendary edition of mass effect but yeah that's, it, that's the only thing that came to mind it, it's been a while in between anthem and presumably dragon age uh dreadwolf coming out this year or next year so i'm like people were treating the lack of success of anthem anthem as the death of bioware but those rumors are very exaggerated uh has anyone here besides paul actually put a hard time into anthem I wanted to. I was actually really, really interested in it when they were showing it off. Uh, the flying aspect just looked like, you know, gas. But uh, after the reviews, and you know, I don't really have that kind of expendable income for for you know games that are devastatingly reviewed. I sadly did not pick up on it. Yeah, I'm sort of the same. I really wanted to play it. So, I, is it like okay to play now, or does it like have network server stuff? Uh, well, I mean, it may as well because the player count is so low that it's like hard to get a full group together for a mission. And the uh, game is really built around, you know, uh, yeah. teamwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's Damn. possible if you're good <laughs> at like third person style games. Um, yeah. But, you know, you could do it, you know, and, and, and it's like five bucks or something like that if it, if it comes down to it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, like, I, I fully understand, like, no, I've never heard anybody say anything incorrect, you know, like when they were negative about it. I was never like, that's wrong. But like, mm-hmm. they just didn't say the good things. And like Solosi touched on, like, the, the, the world was really cool. It was like a super, like, sort of vaguely trippy setting, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it, it wasn't supposed to be just like space stuff, you know, no, it was I had supposed a good to be visual, like, like creative direction and visual direction. It was yes. stunning. Yeah. And, and I'm a, I'm I'm a little concerned that this was the death of Bioware because of how many personnel like, you know, kind of yeah. left the company or like, I don't know. I, I, and and I hope uh, I hope that Dragon Age does really well because I, I adore Dragon Age as well. But a lot I'm, writing on I'm this. Concerned. Yeah. Uh, Audrey, what were you saying before they interrupted you? Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. I um, I was actually in the same boat as Steph. 
when it came to Anthem. So that was what I was saying. Yeah, you yeah. wanted to give it a shot and just. Yeah, I just uh. unfortunately with the negative reviews and stuff, I was. I hate when that can be what kills the game. It's really hard to kind of like Final Fantasy fourteen is that you know rare wonder child that actually managed to turn everything around, but that just does not happen to all of them. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but I mean, uh, for a game to really make a true turnaround, it's uh, a company that's willing to invest a lot more time and money and and a community that's willing to return or, or stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, that did happen with Final Fantasy 14 and Cyberpunk and uh, No Man's Sky and others, but um, EA pulled the plug on Anthem real fast when it was when it had a disappointing launch. And maybe... Maybe more people would see the light as Paul has if uh, if they um, put in the effort and time. But um, alas, it didn't happen. We can probably blame EA. And but all, all I'm doing is hoping that Dragon Age Four is good. Yeah, so. I'll add myself to the one who liked Cyberpunk's turnaround story. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good I'm playing. Arc, uh, arc. I'm playing Phantom Liberty right now, and I think it's fantastic. So I'm good. never. I'm never gonna play Cyberpunk. They poison the well. Understandable. Understandable. Yeah, Yeah, I don't hold it against anybody if they don't. (laughs) But there is one sci-fi game I am vaguely interested in playing. And Audra, uh, it's it's related to Anthem uh, quite directly. (laughs) So, uh, Audra, why don't you share uh, one of your opinions with us? Yes, my opinion was that Mass Effect Andromeda is actually a good game. I agree with that one, actually. I love it. Yeah. But people still get very mad about it, though. It's true. Yes. People still very much point at it and say this was terrible. And usually they're pointing at the animations. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the, the animations an- could be. Whatever. I can see where some people maybe don't like them. But I mean, but they got so, a story some, with some them. Pe- nice. w- the, look, people's heads are supposed to stay attached to their bu- to their bodies, all right? <laughs> like, th- this is yeah. not a, a video game <laughs> adaptation of The yeah. Exorcist. I suppose but- that's true. <laughs> But um, what were some of the things that you loved about Andromeda? Because, uh, Audra, this is not the first time this has come up on a podcast. You, know, you and Jono being a uh, a two-person Andromeda Defense League has actually inspired <laughs> me to download the game last year. I, I think it was on sale for $5, but uh, but it, it's in my computer, and, it, and it's your fault, so let's talk about it. <laughs> well, I actually, I don't hate the story. I thought it was really interesting how they handled the jump from the Mass Effect trilogy to the new galaxy basically mm-hmm. and i really i love jaw as a character i think he's a great party member same so i'd recommend playing it for just jaw alone and i actually think the combat was probably a little more polished than the original Seriously? yeah yes yeah yes and i'm just i'm so bummed that they did not get the dlc created afterwards yeah I'm, I would have liked as, to have actually finished out the storyline. Same. Uh, I, I as far as like abilities, when I say like the combat, or when when I agree with you uh, saying that the combat was more polished, I, I I had more fun in Mass Effect two and three. But I think that just like like from an objective standpoint, like Andromeda's combat is just like better put together, you know, and the yeah. abilities like make more sense and they're more like uh, it kind of engaging, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I understand also why it got the hate that it got, you know, because it, the, the, the start was a little rough, but the animations aren't like, not that they're perfect now, they're not as like, like uncanny valley inducing, you know, like as they used to be, um, no more than, 
like a lot of other games from that period of time. Uh, well, I mean, look, own... look, d- during some speed, some just regular talking animation, people's necks would twist around and start spinning uncontrollably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little emotion breaking. <laughs> but it's comedy. That's a feature. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't and a Bethesda I, game. It's not an excuse here. And and I remember, um, I remember there was a lot of uh, really talented um, voice actors in this game. It had uh, Natalie Dormer when she was like in the uh, peak of Game of Thrones. Uh, uh, it had a bunch of uh, actors from, um, uh, from from uh, the Fallout series. Kumail Nanjiani, the comedian that got real swole for immortals many years later was in this game. Like I, I remember it being a really interesting um, project and I don't think I had the hardware for it when it came out. It came out in like 2017 and I get, didn't get a PS4 until a little later. Uh, but when it, uh, when I saw all the news around it and saw some videos about it, I just completely stayed away. So I never really gave it a fair chance, but over the years, um, I've heard too many appreciative opinions of Mass Effect Andromeda not to be a little interested. So, yeah, it's in there in my uh, it's in my PC ready to go when I, you know, am feeling real weird some future weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I think like to compare it to the original Mass Effect trilogy, I do feel like that one's probably a stronger outing in general. But Andromeda is not bad. I and uh, and I think you mentioned that the combat felt like a better version of Mass Effect 3's combat. Yes. For sure, yeah. I think I think that was in the in a different podcast you mentioned that, and which 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 very much intrigued me because I think uh, Mass Effect Three, uh, for all of its problems, mostly plays like a dream. And is it yeah. also true that like the the level designs in in Tromeda are like a bit more like open and stuff than in Mass Effect yeah. Two and Three? Oh, they kind of, kind of have more oh, kind of, of kind of like Mass oh, kind of like Mass Effect One planets or something. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they yeah. are. Does that does Sorry, that work God. out? Because I'm also someone who hasn't played. I, I was like super pumped about it in the lead up, and then when it was like a disastrous release, I just never got around to it. But I, I could be convinced right now. I kind of like the um, way you explore the different planets and set up like the settlements and everything in them. So there are there are definitely like some areas that feel more like you know uh, Mass Effect two and three. Uh, but for the larger areas, the thing that makes that bearable is that there's mobility, uh, like, well, ab- abilities, um, that make it easier to get around in Andromeda. So like you're, you're faster and, and, you know, you have like dashes and a jet pack and, and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Ooh, and so right. it's, uh, Love so it. It, it, it feels, yeah, it, it feels good. Um, and I, I think the, the biggest thing that it had going against it was that it had the mass effect name on it. Yeah, I think that probably people came in very strongly mm-hmm. on oh, it yeah. after what the trilogy already did and how it ended. It ended on a sour note, so people were ready to be sour, I guess. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a recent, or I say recent, I think it was over a year ago, a Mass Effect teaser that people are thinking is a Mass Effect 4. But uh, we don't have any information on that uh, at the end of January 2024. Maybe we'll hear some more about that soon when we're a little bit closer to Dragon Age Redwolf's launch. But, uh, you know, Alex, I think it's your turn to share a bad opinion. And uh, you probably have an idea of which one of yours I'm more leaning towards. But uh, both of these are games I haven't played but know a little bit about. Uh, So um, go ahead and pick one. All right. Well, since we're talking about bioware these last two games i might as well pivot to my developer one um which is that uh i think obsidian is the best 
Western RPG developer, like for sure, like easily for me. Uh, I know like when people think of like Western RPGs, they usually think of two names, uh, Bioware and Bethesda. And while those two developers are, you know, should get their due respect for like all their really crucial and innovative uh, technical and and design advancements and ideas, um, I for me, Obsidian just comes through in the creativity and soul and like writing that they bring to the table. Um, so I, Alpha it, Protocol. Alpha Protocol rules. Okay, let, let me get to that. All right. So, and I, and how dare you not say one of the best Western developers isn't Ion, Ion Storm of Daikatana and Anachronox fame? <laughs> I mean, I actually we'll let that one go. I think oh, Anachronox. Okay, okay. Um, Anachronox is Anachronox is actually super great. Uh, one of the planets that you save shrinks down to human size and joins your party, and that is a ten out. Of, that is a ten out of ten idea in in any RPG. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But yeah, Obsidian basically came from like Black Isle Studios, uh, who were one of the big RPG developers during the Infinity Engine era in like the late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, they were the ones responsible for like Fallout 2, which was like basically the lead into Fallout 3 and New Vegas. Uh, Planescape Torment, which is like spiritual predecessor to like games like Disco Elysium in a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. Icewind Dale, which is just like a solid. Solid like D and D style RPG, but I I should mention um one of the co-founders of Obsidian so- uh, Studios. I I don't know him personally, but uh he attended my high school alma mater, and he's sort of infamous among the uh like the old games club at that high school for being the one the guy that wrote a bunch of, uh, of RPGs. Future it's Chris Avalon. Chris Avalon, so, really? Yeah, yeah. So oh, he's yeah. A, oh, yeah I, w- I went to the same high school as him, but like over a decade later, and now I'm a l- now that you know he's had a rough go over the past couple years. <laughs> I'm a little bit less proud of that now, but uh, yeah, that, that that's my tenuous connection to Obsidian. I went to the same high school as Chris Avalon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's definitely uh, uh, fallen off the mark a bit, but um, yeah, I mean, Obsidian like def- like they have had kind of a couple different eras at this point. They've been through a lot like financially and, and otherwise. And um, like I, I divide them into like three eras. So, like the first era I call like the jank era, which is my personal favorite of obsidian. It's like kind of what, when they really got their reputation as being like the, the developer who puts out kind of unfinished buggy games uh, in, throughout the two thousands. So that includes games like KOTOR 2, uh, aka Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 which I, I honestly think is just straight up better than KOTOR 1 I, I honestly yes. can't see people yes. thinking otherwise like in <laughs> yeah. terms of like what it does with the Star Wars property um, just the overall writing and the, the, the characters like I it's hands down better to me and and the gameplay you get to you have Jedi, Jedi powers off the uh, off the bat like what what were they thinking? Not giving Jedi powers <laughs> off the, the one thing we wanted. <laughs> yeah, the one thing weird. That is one odd thing about Kotor is that they you you don't get uh, to be a Jedi until about a third of the way through the game, and once you do, some of the powers you had pre Jedi you aren't allowed to use anymore. So it's it's that, that was a, an unusual design decision in that game. Yeah, I guess they were like really just trying to make that whole plot twist thing work, and and they just designed the the game around that. But yeah, Kotor 2 is better. Uh, they also made Neverwinter Nights 2. They're, they're doing a yeah, lot of sequels so at this point. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I mostly know them as the game, as like the mercenary studio that would do like... Just use weird, other like, people's yeah, engines. Yeah, yeah weird, weird, <laughs> se- weird sequels to other people's games. Yeah, yes. I, I, wonder, I wonder what it felt like to like, you know, build the first game in the series and then have Obsidian show up and do it better than you, like every time. <laughs> 
And like that's that is that is like how I know them. It's the 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 people who will make the sequel uh, better than the original and just just across the board. You know, like everybody loves. They did New Vegas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like just like I agree a hundred percent with that, and I, I think just the main reason they hadn't been more celebrated throughout this decade was just because of the the bugs. Like it was less uh, common than nowadays, at least, to have like pretty like buggy releases and some like real like chank and and like unplayable crashes and whatnot. And they did admittedly deal with that. I, I guess like they were just like less invested as uh, an entire like company in the technical aspects of their games than the creative aspects. But yeah, I mean, nowadays you go back to those games and you don't have to deal with that technical jank anymore. You just get some mods and, and you're good to go. So yeah. I, I think like history has really like brought back Obsidian to just show like, just let the quality of the work speak for itself. But yeah, Never Neverwinter Nights was two two was awesome. It was basically like the closest thing we got to like a Baldur's Gate three until Baldur's Gate yeah. three actually came out. <laughs> uh, also, shout out to Mask of the Betrayer, which is just like an expansion that is like really cool and just has that kind of unique subversive flavor of games like Kotor two and Planescape Torment. If you haven't checked that out, I recommend it. Uh, but then they made Alpha Protocol, published by <laughs> Sega, which is I don't know how many of you played this game. It's it's janky, broken, Mass Effect one like, uh, surrounding like kind of like a spy narrative. Um, so many of the systems just don't work and are, are are absolutely busted and and did not get actually fixed in the long run. Sega kind of just dropped this Stop. this game and let it <laughs> let it die to history. <laughs> but uh, it did have like again some really creative aspects with like the conversation system where you, because it's like a spy setting and you need to like. You're encouraged to like approach conversations with skepticism. Um, you had like dossiers to study, like about like different NPCs, which would then inform the way you approach conversations with them. And there was just like tons of reactivity to the choices you make, like not only in like a specific episode of the plot, but like throughout the whole game. I think there's like 30 endings or something you can get. Um, and then the end of the Jank era was, I think their best game uh, fallout new vegas which is just the best Easy. fallout game yeah. it's really the only fallout game you need um <laughs> I, I love it um yeah, i i you know i thought uh going into here that i hadn't played many uh obsidian games uh because i i got i i did put um a, a few hours into pillars of eternity several years ago but uh it didn't connect with me as much as i wanted it to but then i completely forgot i'm just looking at a list of them now i forgot they developed south park the stick of truth yeah for the, for the 360 and ps3 i uh really enjoyed that game and even wrote this review for its sequel on rpg fan um uh yeah that that's a south park game that's surprisingly good and uh i for also forgot they this it's a smaller game than their big rpgs but they did a pentiment which is a mm -hmm. uh, a narrative driven uh, sort of that adventure sort them, of RPG, I yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, um, uh, Jerry reviewed that for uh, for the website, and he loved it. Yeah. Uh, I, I am. I have to admit, I am. Um, I, I really liked the Outer Worlds, although I didn't. I I'm. I didn't finish it all the way through to the end. It felt like like a dirtier Mass Effect or a dirtier <laughs> Starfield. Like it's yeah. like a a, a a a space opera game, but everyone is kind of struggling, and uh, and they're and. Uh, and, and things just get very strange all the time. I, it's like I, uh, a it's like a corporate satire. It's like yeah. corporations have become like this bloated like parody of themselves that also just rule the entire galaxy. My my favorite thing I did in that game was I I I uh, I played a specifically a dumb build with a very low intelligence. And one time I tried uh, my dumb character tried to figure out a password system, 
And I, I think how it went was I pressed some numbers and they were wrong. So I just yelled ice cream into the, into the, uh, into the uh, uh, the microphone, and that ended up being correct, and I got to continue. So, so, so rewarding silliness uh, is something I appreciate very much, and that's something that the Outer Worlds did. Yeah, the Outer Worlds was definitely like certainly New describes Vegas, a city in a lot of ways. Like they are definitely trying to like appease to their their New Vegas fan base with just like a very Fallouty kind of game that's just like a lot more like streamlined. And, yeah, it, and it's kind of Fallout in, in space. Design. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah it, it's like um, grungier Mass Effect or Fallout in space or just uh, like space opera subversion in as many ways as they could. And it's mostly very, very good. I, uh, I, I don't even, I think I don't even remember why I stopped playing it. I think I think that was maybe when I was uh, I had some I had a depressive episode in, in uh, 2023. But um, the future of Obsidian is at least interesting. Outer Worlds 2 uh, is is in the pipeline for Microsoft studios and avowed is the big thing they're looking at that uh, people say might be their answer to elder scrolls question mark, but we're not, uh, we, we can't be exactly certain because there's still a lot of avowed that we don't know about. Yeah. But, I'm, I'm a little less excited for, for those just cause they like seem to just be working within the elder scrolls fallout Bethesda frameworks in a lot of ways. I, I love when obsidian gets a bit more weird and does stuff like pentiment. <laughs> I think, Pentiment is one of their best games. It's one of my favorite games of uh, 2022. And also Tyranny is another one that's, I think, very mm. underrated. It came after Pillars of Eternity, which I agree, Slosi was like, it just felt like a little too like vanilla as a CRPG. It's like, here's a CRPG. And it looked beautiful, but there wasn't like, too much yeah, new, interesting it, stuff going on. But Tyranny... A, yeah, yeah. Pillars of Eternity was supposed to remind you of the Affinity Engine games exactly. from the uh, from the late 90s, early 2000s. And it did, but was it, like, great? That, that's, a, that's a maybe. Yeah. And it is worth saying that they were, like, really financially in the hole then. So, like, they... I, I imagine Pillars of Eternity was just, like... They took to, like, crowdsource funding similar to like double fine they're just like please we'll make the game you want uh if you give us money but but tyranny was cool because it's like a little more experimental it, it's like very similar in, in presentation to pillars of eternity but it's yeah. basically a world where like evil has won and you actually play like an evil tyrant um and uh it it creates like a much more interesting and unique kind of like role-playing experience out of that where like you have to like actually buy into like a world of evil to be able to play it so yeah sh shouts out to the weird ones like tyranny and pentiment but i'm still excited to see what they do with avowed and outer worlds too all right they're, they're so in an interesting right. spot yeah they seem to be like a little post renaissance right now and i guess yeah what matters next is what they do next yeah dang okay that's cool i i like that opinion that was actually a good opinion <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, I I'm way more attached to the uh, uh, to the oeuvre of Bioware and maybe maybe even Blizzard <laughs> compared to uh, compared to Obsidian. But that's probably because I just haven't played enough Obsidian games. There's a if there's one adage in these podcasts is that there are too many video games. But uh, not quite enough for this episode yet. Steph, you've yet to share a bad opinion with the class or I should say an unpopular opinion with the class. I'm maybe. I'm <laughs> um. I was, I was going to try to do a cool segue from like, you know, where you, how, what was it? An anth sorry, an anthem and um, Mass Effect where you can move around really fast. And, you know, Star Ocean has the, the 
the cool device that lets you whisp around battle. And I thought that was really cool. And then I was going to talk about Star Ocean. So let's talk about Star Ocean. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're doing, um, I, I guess, multiple uh, sci-fi RPGs in a row. If you, if you know, if you plug in Outer Worlds or, or Star Wars KOTOR 2 into, uh, into the Obsidian slot. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, so no, I just wanted to argue, like, um, I, I, like have has everyone here played Star Ocean three? Okay, um, I'm gonna slow down for a moment, Steph. Uh, yeah, I have played Star Ocean three. Right. We're gonna talk about some very heavy Star Ocean three spoilers very soon. This is so, fair. Uh, Paul, yeah, I'm, I'm Paul, Alex, out. okay, Paul, Alex, and Audra, if you want to take out your headphones, uh, you may go ahead and do so. Oh, and well, I. Man. And I, I, and, I, I have, and I will and I, and I will message you when it's time to come back. Uh, 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 Paul, Audra, where, uh, what are you doing? I I uh, have the same like attitude towards spoilers that you do. So whatever. Yeah. For the record, Steph, your your pitch in episode four hundred for Star Ocean three made me want to play it, so that's why I'm backing out right now. Yeah. See you guys, see you guys on the other side. <laughs> All right. So I think Alex is out. So uh, uh, and and Audra, you're staying in. Yeah. Have you, have you played Star Ocean 3? No, but I kind of know about all the spoilers. All yeah, right, all right, infamous all right. no, and all yeah, that. Indeed it is. So, uh, Steph, let's talk a little bit about Star Ocean 3. Uh, um, what is your unpopular opinion first? Uh, I like the Star Ocean 3 spoiler. It's, it's a highlight among the series that really does not have a good story. So, hey, they tried something and I think they succeeded. Uh, apparently the rest of the internet gets very mad about the spoiler and I, I find it kind of funny and a little bit ironic. Oh, I find it hilarious. People yeah. uh, getting getting very upset about this spoiler. So, yeah. uh, um, Steph, tell us a little bit about it before we start analyzing it. Uh, okay, so so the big, big juicy spoiler in Star Ocean 3 is uh, you, you sort of discover that uh, you and the universe, I guess, um, is, is basically a lower dimension to the 4D beings where they use you like a video game, you know, and they kind of like log into the universe that you're in, into the Milky Way, and, you know, they can be characters in it, and you find out, you know, you're kind of, uh, you know, this world isn't yours, it's, it belongs to them, and eventually yeah, um, you find out they want to shut you down. Yeah, basically, you, you discover that you and the characters that you've grown to know over the course of the game are virtual playthings for godlike uh, beings that are planning on just turning your world off permanently. Wait, two questions. Uh, Go. Uh, is the series like? Uh, is, are they are they self contained? I haven't no. played any Star Ocean games. No, they they do have connectivity, but it's it's kind of like more in the amusing kind of Star Trek way, where it's like the aliens are the same. You know, some of the characters is like somebody's nephew who now works at you know Star Patrol. So <laughs> like, so else. that that spoiler applies to every game in the series. It would effectively, yeah. Right. And I think this is what really upsets people is that a lot of people feel uh, a lot of your efforts in the games is therefore minimized when you are playing a video game of okay. characters in a video game. Yeah. So so then does that mean <laughs> that like the 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 finale ends up being like Final Fantasy Nine esque? Uh, so basically what happens is in the whole finale is you go up against, you know, the creator, <laughs> um, uh, <yeah>. and oh, <laughs> he takes you down. Well, like, you know, you take him down, but it doesn't matter. You're just going to, you know, flip the button. He's like, okay, whatever. I'm shutting down the eternal sphere, which is what they call the universe. Um, and he's like, whatever, I'm shutting it down. And so everything starts shutting down. This galaxy starts turn off that one, that one, and our characters start to fade. But then they have like one of them, like, I think therefore I am moments. And like, you remember all the memories, all the stuff that you've gone through, you know, and that you're still able to think and know. So like whatever connection they had was maybe not as permanent as they thought. 
Oh, I love that. I actually, I because I, like, I think it takes the like because it does sort of suck that it turns out that all of the things you do are like a video game or whatever. But like, if that is the finale, that like pulls the you know the the negative part of that out. Way. Yeah. So effectively, they are their own beings and they're able to live their own life from here on out. You know, they're they're actually no like I think at the end of it, they even say they're no longer attached to the the universe that you know had them under hold. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's oh, a so it, they evolve. Uh, effectively yeah that's what that's kind of what i want to say it is is that yeah they they got to be without them so a lot of people get mad because again they think it's undermining a lot of the work that you do and the work that you do in the future and people are very upset they're like you know they need to retcon number three and you know i think playing star ocean 2r people saw like hopefully for how loved the series is and how loved that particular game is uh, star ocean does not have a strong storyline uh star ocean 4 is like one of the funniest freaking games that you'll ever play because the trauma is so bad oh edge uh, maverick if, if i if i were to cut if uh, i were to is come that up a real with, name yeah no uh, it's the main character yeah. of star ocean 4 oh, yeah if i didn't it's know if i didn't know there was already a character named edge maverick and i was writing like a parody short story making fun of jrpgs i might name the main character edge maverick. oh man but the, the uh, hot girl the hot girl in star ocean 4 is like a grieving widow type and it's really weird <laughs> Because she's really sad one minute and then very flirty the next. No, no one's de- is defending the uh, the character design decisions in Star Ocean Four, but but okay. I, but I agree. Um, I, I actually stopped playing Star Ocean Three just because I was really really busy around uh, when I was in the second half of it. Um, but I thought that the twist was um, sort of. I, I mean, it, it was shocking because the the foreshadowing to it does not make a lot of sense. Because the Star Ocean uh, has a bad story. What are you yeah. going to do? <laughs> True, <laughs> but I, but I was you know I was getting into the uh, in, in, into the villains and uh, and thinking it was just really silly and fun and over the top and the game and the combat is great in it. So I was really enjoying Star Ocean three. But when the twist happened, I just had to see like I, I just did not know where to continue with that. Um, and I, I don't maybe it contributed to me stopping playing it. I'm not I'm not sure, but I I genuinely like the twist. And think it's, I mean, at least they're taking a big swing, even if it's an insane swing. It was a huge swing. No other game has really come that close to as big a swing that hasn't been just pretty standard, you know, destruction of the universe kind of junk, whatever. Well, I'll try to, I'll try to dance around it, but I I just finished uh, Trails in, is it Trails into Reverie? I can't remember. I never remember the like middle word. And there, (laughs) there was a moment where I noticed some of like the art style was like, like, you know, implying that, 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 that there was like computer going on, that there was like a simulation or whatever. And, and I was like, if I find out that this whole universe that I just played <laughs> oh my like God. nearly a thousand hours in mm. is it, oh just, it's just the, ma- it's just the matrix. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I was going, yeah, I was going to pick my computer up and throw it out the window. Dude. I, I was like, I was like, do I even continue playing? Like I would rather not experience the rest of this game than then find out that all of the hours I put in was just some like that stupid... makes sense for a series like that. I'd be mad about yeah. that too in that case. Yeah. But for something like Star Ocean, where they always have like magical MacGuffins doing world saving things, anyways, I'm just like whatever, have at it, you know. <laughs> but yeah, um, that, the whole but that's the, a good like, point. The, the self actualization thing at the end, like that would have done it for me too in in Reverie. Uh, you know, it, it, as long as it 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 doesn't matter if the rest of it was fake or whatever, as long as it it becomes real, yeah. you know, like in universe, it's obviously not going to become real, but uh, you know, th- then, then I could be, I could be okay with it. Uh, yeah. I think this is a good opinion. Oh yeah. Thank you. 
I think it would be, well... Maybe I'll make a feature for that and talk about it a bit more. <laughs> I would still recommend you play the game because because the execution of the twist yeah. isn't great. It, yeah, it's like like the, like this <laughs> Because the storytelling in that game isn't great anyway, the yeah. the uh, the twist feels worse. But but as a concept and as an idea, I agree it's um it's great and kind of hilarious. I, I mean, I, I, I'd play Star I, Ocean, though, because the combat is beautifully merciless. It's fun uh, because it's kind of punishing. There is a similar twist in or two similar twists in a series that I won't say, but uh, starts with a D and ends in uh, Ranpa um, that I uh-huh. but but, but I, I love both of those as well. I love uh, that one, too. Which one? Because there's two of them. Oh, V3, whatever. Okay, yeah, there's the, there, there's the island and V3. There's so many people that, like, same thing. They just, It just felt totally... I don't even blame them. I get it. It can be upsetting. Who just, like, yeah, they, like, go cold on it. It's like, no, did right. nothing for I, me. I, I loved it. <laughs> I'm not mad at poorly executed games. Like, both of the games I'm bringing today are, are poorly executed, you know? It's a lot harder to pull that kind of shit off, you know? I, I get that. Uh, I'm just saying I agree with you like a big swing and I love that type of thing. All right. So, uh, yeah, without saying what it is, because Alex is back now, um, um, like that star ocean three twist is pretty wild. And Steph thinks it's maybe it was maybe unfairly judged at the time, which I, you know, I agree that it's wild, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that, uh, that, that the game story justifies it. But anyway, um, we're halfway through our, uh, bad opinion theater. Uh, should we just go back and run it back in the same order? Do we have any, any objections to that? Sounds good to me. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. All right. I guess that brings it back to me then. Um, now, I talked about Tales for my first uh, unpopular opinion. And for the second one, I'm going to go with Trails. And I'm worried about tales offending. Tales and pa- Trails. Yeah. <laughs> Man, when, when we had a new Tales, a new Trails, and a new Trials all in the same year, <laughs> I, th- I'm, I swear I mixed up all three of them on podcasts at different times. Um, that was, uh, I guess 2020 or 2021, but, uh, I'm worried about offending Paul on his, the, for his first episode of retro encounter, because you specifically mentioned trails of reverie a little while yeah. ago. And, um, I, uh, I, 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 I want to talk about the legend of heroes trails saga. Uh, I enjoy all the ones I've played. I've played five of the, I guess, five of the first seven and I'm, uh, and I'm partway through zero right now, uh, which is game number four. And I and I really really enjoy all of them, but one thing I've noticed recurring about the uh, the discourse around the Trails series is that people are intimidated by them. They're like, "Oh man, there's there's twelve of them now." I mean, I'll, I don't know if I'll ever get through to all of them. Uh, and I and I I'm not quite there because again, I am roughly halfway through the series. But uh, I, I, my uh, unpopular opinion is a little bit related to that because I know that a lot of Trails fans will not agree with this. I think trails should end and the series should reboot and soon because because these games much. <laughs> because these <laughs> games have been ongoing and referring back to events of the first couple games even you know 15 years and 12 games deep I think that is uh walling off a new audience to a degree and and like even I mean cold the cold steel games which are games 6 and 7 or six, six through nine, I should say, and the the uh, new one that's coming out, Daybreak, which is game number eleven, I think. Those do start new storylines and new areas, but eventually, like Cold Steel Two, heavily references uh, the Crossbell games and possibly even spoils parts of them. And oh, people yeah. and people that haven't it's played those will, will like will be completely uh, puzzled by uh, the introduction of these new characters. I think that 
similar to how the Marvel Cinematic Universe is experiencing a little bit of superhero fatigue and people feel like they need to watch Marvel shows and Disney Plus as homework before watching a new show and that may be limiting the audience of the new movies. I think that uh, the Legend of Heroes is a name that's been around since the 1980s and Trails has only been around since the mid-2000s. But I think they need to do a cold reboot in a new world and just end the current saga because it's become too burdensome to try to play the games, especially when a lot of RPG fans have a completionist mindset where they want to start from the beginning. And that is too daunting. So I think that just get rid of that daunting nature and make a new Legend of Heroes that is new setting, new everything. Wipe the slate clean. That's my unpopular opinion. You know what? As, as someone who hasn't played a single one of these Trails games but has been meaning to for quite a while, um, I think this is a good idea. <laughs> because yeah. I think if the, the Trails series, at least like one complete storyline, was just like they said, okay, it's over, then I would feel a little more comfortable like entering into the series in the first place because I would see that there is an end line in sight and that it won't take literally the rest of my life to complete the series. <laughs> Um, and also I, I like just anecdotally, I know that like, I've heard people refer to like trails of cold steel for as like the end game of trails. And like, if that analogy holds true, then they should definitely end it because everything Marvel has done since end game has felt irrelevant and unnecessary. <laughs> so I would hate for them to fall into the same pattern. I'm going to let that slide only because, uh, Miles, the Miles Morales Spider Verse movies are not Marvel, but Sony Studios. So yeah, not I'm not let, MCU. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm gonna let that slide <laughs> because I, I love Into the Spider Verse so much. I mean MCU specifically. Right, and no, I, I was I'm just joking anyway. Um, but uh, I mean you could say that I think I haven't played Cold Steel four, but I think that uh, by the end game of it, there's like 35 plus playable characters from the previous eight games. Y'all ain't never played Suicoden. Uh, yes, but there's also only five of them, which is less than half of the number of Trails games. <laughs> yeah, and none of them are nearly as long as a Trails game. And none of them, I... bu- and none of them build off the previous ones uh, in direct storylines that that really require playing early ones. Because I, I mean, I mean, they are sequels and prequels to each other. They're becoming the way world. too attached. Now. But but yeah, but yeah. So the, the, I agree the, with you. But the good thing is that I think that there is an end in sight. I, I mean, because there there's only been three countries that they discuss throughout the series yeah. uh and that's four, Liberal, four, Arabellion, well, well, and the four if you, well the four if you count crossbell oh uh, well crossbell is like and there is and, the, and there is well and and there is the uh the holy kingdom that uh kyle comes from wait kyle yeah the priest dude i think yeah the priest dude yeah 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 sorry sorry yeah. Wrong so, K, wrong K. so uh i don't i don't they they have they've mentioned that somewhat uh, and, and, you know, that is where like the church comes from, but it, I never got like a, a vibe that they were going to go there. There's, there's Calvert, which is the next place that, that, that they're definitely going to. That's where daybreak takes place. And then, and then I think they're going to go to North Ambria and I think that's where they're going to end it. But I don't know. I mean, now that, now that I'm a little ways into this little speech here, I'm thinking like, they're probably, they're probably going to make like three Calvert games and, and two or three, uh, North Ambria games and, uh, and now, yeah, so, so that's, that, that's not, at least that's at that's least fifteen. <laughs> that's <laughs> not an insight. Okay, and, uh, never mind. <laughs> and and all of, and all of these or most of these are like 
70 plus hour games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I I think it's just become so daunting that it's preventing interested parties from playing the game. And I I, because Alex isn't the only person I've heard a a sentiment like that from on podcasts. Even I started the series last year, though, because like how many series actually do have that kind of like dearth of content i think i said that word right no but like, dearth that means actually, little you mean you want to say you want to see depth or breadth dearth means breadth, little. yeah definitely breadth you know like not many series especially uh jrpgs a lot of them are one-off you know that actually do have that kind of long-lasting impact i definitely think they should wrap it up but it's pretty impressive I I think that rewarding continuity is extremely powerful. And that's part of why early MCU was so much fun because they they were building to the super event that that Avengers Endgame was. But like the Mass Effect trilogy has each decision from the earlier games affect the later games and lets you continue storylines and characters can live or die through the games. And it's hugely fun and rewarding. But that's also only three games. That that's manageable. Like this, the end is already in sight. Even if uh, even if you were playing Mass Effect early on, you fi- you figured that it was going to be a couple games, but and not a forever game. These games have been going on since uh, the PSP era. I think two thousand four yeah. or two thousand five. True. And uh, and there's at least some expectation to know the events of the earliest ones in the later ones. And to me, that's insane. It's a it's too huge yeah, an ask going, yeah. for a, for an RPG fan. So. I think they should just end trails and start a new Legend of Heroes. I mean, particularly, I kind of I got burned out on Cold Steel Four just oh, by yeah. the end of it. I mean, Trails and Reverie surprised me by kind of rekindling my appreciation for the continuing story, but mm-hmm. I can kind of see where. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think maybe it's getting close to the time where maybe they should trying to do a new story arc that's they not... need to edit really badly like there's no way trails of cold steel had to be four games long. oh yeah. and i oh thought we learned God. that in the ps2 era with like dot hack trying that and it's like no oh. no too long the the with like i mean i have a couple of complaints about the series but but you're you're 100 percent right there are a ton of moments where like 20 characters are on screen and then someone will say something and then all, oh, all of them have to react. Yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> and it's annoying. And, uh, and like, yeah, it's especially bad in cold steel four. And, uh, yeah, they, they definitely could cut so much out of those games. Uh, but if they, I, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, but I, I, if they, if they're going to end it, I don't want them to like, you know, give us no resolution. Oh yeah. I think they need to tie up everything. Yeah, first which is because there's tough. so much there's so much build up now that they reminds me of a bit, a bit of that poochie meme too it's like whenever whenever uh reen's not on screen all the characters should ask where's reen yeah he returned yeah. to his home planet <laughs> all right but you know speaking of uh pretty boy protagonists uh, oh boy, I'm 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 not uh, I'm not upset about uh, Reen not being a, a main character anymore, uh, but I am interested in the new Damien Haas uh, lead for Daybreak. We'll we'll see if that gets me back into the series. But um, yeah, speaking of pretty boy protagonists, uh, Paul, uh, the next game on your list um, is I, I I don't know how I'd put this. It was a game where you know people saw the materials and trailers for it and thought the boys were back in town. Uh, why don't you talk about <laughs> Final Fantasy 15 a little bit? 
uh, the boys were back in town uh, as a matter of fact uh that is the best part about the game is 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 that like those dudes are legitimate friends you know and in like every tale like ta- tales games like generally have like a big cast or like a cast with big personalities and, but they the, every game they all start off hating each other it's all it's all the same thing or whatever this game is a wedding party you know it's just the boys going yeah. on a road trip to a wedding and then uh hits the fan and uh it's and and it feels like that like they feel like friends they feel like they care about each other and that is the the so i don't i don't like i obviously i don't i don't write reviews or anything like that and i don't do that because i don't think i have like very in-depth uh like opinions about games like i don't think i see the the nuance that most people do i just sort of I'm dumb about it. Like it made me feel good. I really, I really liked those characters. I liked what they went through. And then like, I, I don't know if you guys have plans on playing it or whatever, but th- there's like some spoilery stuff that I do kind of want to get it. Never mind. It's just the ending. Uh, the ending is like, um, it, it, it like, oh, for, well, hang on. How was I going to do this? I have notes written for this. Uh, hold, hold on. But, but before you continue, Paul, maybe we should say what your bad opinion is or what your unpopular opinion is. Uh, it's great. The, the game <laughs> Final is great. Fan- Final Fantasy 15 is great. Yes, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, it's, it's go, great. I'd say it's amazing. Yes. No, I agree. Yeah, actually, and, I liked it. Yes. And, and, and I, I don't see why it... I mean, no, 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 that's not true. Uh, it's, it's very incomplete. But the fact that it is as good as it is... That, yeah. Yeah, even even while being so incomplete, and I know we got the 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 books and the anime and all the other stuff, the movie, which I thought was sick too. Um, I mean the the game is incredible, and then like the 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 uh, villain, like I'm I'm you know people people aren't gonna like to hear this, but I, I like him probably better than Kefka. I think he's a better villain in general than Kefka is. No, I mean, that's um, a hot take. No, uh, uh, no. Retro, uh, retro encounter veteran Peter Treisenberg has said over and over that Final Fantasy 15 is one of his favorite villains in the series. Easily, it's, yeah. And, and yeah, the thing is, is good. that he, he was like, I think the thing that makes him so good is that he's, he was the good guy. Like, yeah. especially when you like, like if you look at the background, you watch the, like the book thing that came out after everything else and you play a little bit of the, the DLC for him uh he's the good guy like he was he was like john coffee from from the green mile you know and he like took this this curse onto himself and then was like shunned by the the crystal and everybody knows the crystal is for for like uh, in just about every final fantasy game um and and he was like shunned by it and treated like he was evil for being good and so he became evil um Mm -hmm. but but he did it alone and then when you see how Noctis does it, like like how he becomes the good guy, you know what I mean? And like he, he doesn't start off like a bad guy or anything like that. But when you see how he becomes the hero, uh, he does it with everybody else. It's not like a Jesus situation, you know, uh, yeah, where just, he's like <laughs> this normal farm boy has a sword. He chucks around and becomes the hero that saves everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it feels kind of earned and by blood and providence and fate and all that. Yeah, and he didn't even want it, you know. Yeah, he's just a—he's like an edgy teen, and you see him become like the hero uh, throughout the game. You know, you see him accept the responsibility that's sort of foist upon him, and how, and, yeah. um, and then and he gets like a, a nice visual upgrade, very attractive man. Oh my gosh, um, best one. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah, but a near style glow up. 
there is a a thing that I don't think a lot of people noticed about the end, and this is one of the this is that spoiler thing that I was uh, talking about. So if you haven't played the end, uh, like until the end, you you might want to. Um, should I should I bow out for a little bit? Because I have I ha- I haven't played Final Fantasy fifteen and was planning to. I later think you this should year. bow out. Yeah, bow yeah out. you should. All right, I'll uh, um uh, send a message in the either the chat here or in uh, uh Discord when I can come back. All right, so. A lot of people didn't pick up on this, but but uh, when he, when Noctis kills Arden physically, when he destroys his physical body, he then sits on the throne and he kills himself, essentially, or the kings kill him, the Lucian line. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. all of the people who strike the final blow against uh, Arden in like that spirit realm are dead. Everyone is dead. You know the kings are all dead. You know Noctis is dead. You know that Noctis' father is dead. But then you see the boys... And and you had parted from them just before that, and they like, you know, stayed behind to cover you so that you could go fight Arden. And like, there are people who argue about this and don't like don't don't believe that those dudes are dead. They died with you. It wasn't Ooh. just Noctis that sacrificed himself. It was oh. all of the people that were with Noctis the whole time. And uh, I think that's beautiful, you know. And and that's why I think that that. Uh, you know, it, it's like almost um, like uh, in opposition to how Arden did it, you know, because yeah. Arden did everything alone well, and he was like eventually sort of possessed by the star scourge. That's what's called. Right. Or is that? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, he, he he sort of became evil. You know, the, the burden was too much for him and his like morality to bear. But Noctis had the boys. And I just think it's amazing, dude. I literally have goosebumps talking about this. I love those dudes. And when I tell my girlfriend, like when I'm like, man, I think it's time to play Final Fantasy 15 again. I will literally say, I miss the boys, you know? And (laughs) so, man, I don't know. It's it's good. Can I say? We always talk about like meaningful choices and games and things like that. And, And usually we think of them in context of like, oh, like there's like this big like plot event. What? dialogue option are you going to choose or that kind of thing i think one of the most meaningful choices i've ever made in a video game was uh when you have to select a photo to take with you in the afterlife at the end of ff15 because it's such a like reflective process that it put me through where i was like going through all the photos prompto took throughout the game and i was just thinking about like oh my god like look at all these experiences i had with the boys it was like conjuring up like feelings i had throughout the game it's conjuring up feelings i've had hanging out with my own friends like back when we were like teens or 20 year olds and uh that was really profound and and all i ended up selecting like that there's this one night in altitia when i just like spent like hours doing the monster gambling and there was yeah. a photo that was, it wasn't even like a high quality photo. It didn't look that great. It was just like the boys doing like a, a, a selfie. I think like Noctis's head was blocked. Uh, it was just like, it was like dark lighting, but I'm just like, no, that night in Altisha was amazing, especially like yeah. considering everything that happened after. And I'm just like, yeah. this is my photo. And that, last that, big night. that yeah. felt amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Love this. Yeah, I had to so take a so photo special. The, boys. Yeah. <laughs> the one that cracked me up, someone shared was, it was a picture of Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Luna picks it up at the end and smiles at it. She uh, seems cool. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Glad you had fun. Oh, um, but like, if I could actually seriously say that uh, Final Fantasy 15 is like the antidote to people who are sick of the whole like friendship is my power kind of speech. Yeah. 
you know, and it's like literally materializes as actual magic. No, that final campfire scene is like one of the greatest things. Yeah, they where knew. Where he is, he, you know, he always says at the end of every battle, he's like, you know, no words, you know, there's no words. And then at the final campfire and he says, there's no words, you feel it differently. Yeah. Um, and so as much as that game is about how much they love each other, probably my favorite chapter is when they all hate each other and they go after the Marlboro. Yes. Oh my God. And they want to can kill each other yeah because <laughs> they're so... so mad and miserable and everything is going wrong and they have to stick it out and you have to and... do a dungeon where like ignis is like blinded yeah. and like oh. you have oh to like God. wait for him or else gladio calls you like a selfish prick yeah it's just yeah. like yeah i guess i am if i'm not like waiting for my boy who's literally cooked for and me he's this being nice about game. it he's like my my eyesight's not too bad it just hurts right now yeah. But, you know, he's kind of glossing it up because it's actually worse than that is the best it. chapter. I agree. I'm like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's like, oh, uh, yeah, that, that that's that's a rough one, man. And, and, uh -huh. and because like I have been in situations where like I'm mad at my friends, but like, yeah. you know, like I, I used to be in uh, bands and stuff when I was younger and I, mm -hmm. I, I spent a lot of time doing that. And like, you know, when you're creative and you have to do it with people like I know that they're not doing creative things, but like uh, like tempers you know, can kind of, can kind of flare and, and you oh, end yeah. up, um, still having to do the work, but having to figure out how to navigate what you guys just did to each other and the, the, the vibe you created in the room. And that's what that chapter felt like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was so familiar. It's that quote, like, you know, a good friend helps you move. A best friend helps you move a body. <laughs> <laughs> and you know like those guys are with you through thick and thin and yeah for that reason i actually really really appreciate final fantasy 15's approach yeah, yeah. so much <laughs> uh again it was another one that was just hot to hate though and with its initial release we should make a feature for games that are okay to play now um yeah, like, so good. <laughs> good idea. there's time and distance between it and we can talk about it now but um yeah no uh, that's a really strong choice Excellent choice. All right, I guess we can call Slosi back in. Yeah, I'll get him. Yoo-hoo. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Is it safe? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, is. good. All right, I'm, I'm not sure if I... Maybe I disappeared with that explanation there. Um, I am playing on playing Final Fantasy XV very soon. I've had it many years, uh, thanks to PSN, but I, uh, I've never got... Not, it's the only mainline Final Fantasy game I haven't finished. So I want to, um, especially since I enjoyed FF16 so much last year, and when I finally got around to 13 two years ago, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I love I'm... the cactar in that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's but like, I, yeah, it like does gotta... a risque pose, and I just think it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I want to get to 15 soon, so I decided to not take part in that discussion. My apologies, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. Oh, fine. no, I don't blame anybody for wanting to set out spoilers, man. You should be proud to not know spoilers, people. Yeah, play games fresh. No, I normally so much don't care about time. spoilers, and I, and I know a lot about FF15 already, including the um, including some of the circumstances surrounding the time skip. But I don't. But but if you, if the ending is something special, I think I would like to, to hear about that for myself. Mm -hmm. It depends it's on it, on yeah. who you are. Uh, you know, it might not be special to you, but it was to me, man. Probably yeah. the most special like ending experience I've had in any video game. But don't like. <laughs> Don't let me overhype it to you. Like I said at the beginning of this, I, I'm not like, uh, you know, like highbrow. Like I'm not a super intelligent dude when it comes to like analyzing video games and the quality. I just like what I like. So he's definitely a Final Fantasy hero that really goes through hell. Yeah. 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 And grows oh, yeah. a lot. Oh, uh, watch yeah. the movie too. 
Watch the yeah. movie. I, I actually I have. I hate that they split it I up. I have like seen. That. I have seen King's Glade and recorded a podcast episode about it several years it, ago. It is, yeah. So the extra stuff, it really is important. And Steph's right. That that is that's the biggest thing. I think the the most. Uh, like legitimate criticism of the game is that it's fragmented across a bunch of different media and it's not fun to do that, you know? No. Like, oh, and, and those uh, anime episodes on YouTube are actually yeah. really good. Oh, they're, yeah, they're yeah, really good. The shot good of Noctis him. taking off the lettuce from his burger and giving it to Ignis yeah. is like in my brain forever. That was me as a kid for sure. Oh, <laughs> I still have a friend like that. <laughs> so, all right, I guess speaking of games that have anime adaptations where you can eat hamburgers, um, uh, Audra, you have something to say about the Persona video games that I thought was very interesting. And may- maybe you'll see why, because it has something to do with uh, something I brought up earlier this episode. Um, what's your unpopular persona opinion, Audra? Okay, my unpopular persona opinion is that persona gameplay is kind of a slog. <sighs> Thank God to be saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially just the dungeons throughout. I, I, I love the story and... I mean, I like the stories and I love the presentations and everything, but I'm like so over press turn. Yeah, I just weakness system foreshadowing. The dungeons they just drag on too long and overstay their welcome, and I just like I hate that like the difficult dungeons are like we made it longer. Could be. Um, I I would agree for like Persona Three and Persona Four, but. And Memento, two, big two, time and Persona Two actually kind of did it too. Yeah, yeah, true. No, but, but my least favorite Persona dungeon is the one that made me stop playing Eternal Punishment. That uh, <sighs> the, the, the the damn sunken ship. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, or is it? No, is it ancient? Is it undersea ruins or is it a sunken ship? I forget. There's a few of them I hated. Yeah, there's multiple. <laughs> but but anyway, um. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm mostly with Audra. I before uh, you picked Persona, I was thinking one of mine might be all the Persona games are too long. Even though the, I, I yes. even though I, I love them, it's Persona is, is genuinely one of my favorite series. Yeah. Um, like j- like the faceless dungeons in Persona three and four. Um, how the the palaces are very rich, but um, kind of intense and long to do in one go, which mm-hmm. is how I usually yeah. do them. Like uh, I mean like. The, the cruise ship and the bank maybe it's are the, the best the way to do it. Culprits. Oh, but the music in the bank is so good. I love the music. I love the music. I love the music in the ship also. But um, but and but also like, just dragging out Persona Two with uh um with with uh tarot card hunting and negotiating, uh I, I mean or card grinding. You I would uh, maybe identify with it. I I think that Persona games are great. But because they're so lengthy and there is, you know, long dungeons and a lot of tinkering with them, stuff I normally love about RPGs, they they drag a little bit. And I uh, and uh, especially with I mean, I'm specifically thinking of Eternal Punishment and one or two parts of uh, Persona 3. I stopped playing these games for long periods because the gameplay was a bit of a slog. I've done yeah, that too, I yeah. usually have to take breaks in between them. Persona 5 was so long, I had to, too. Yeah. I was like a slow, uh, small dose game. I, I, I kind of hate Not that for about... me. I, I beat Persona 5 like twice in three weeks, and then it got the platinum trophy and has haven't played it since. <laughs> I, I, Scott played it like three times on stream between that and Royal, and he's like, uh, never again. I'm over it. <laughs> um, but like one thing I don't like about Persona games is that they kind of reward you not playing it as you would your heart. 
you know like there are mm. so many wrong choices like yeah if you don't finish a dungeon in a night then like you're kind of screwing yourself out of potential perks in the future mm-hmm. yeah and- it's definitely like a, a min maxers like paradise and then yes. everybody else can <laughs> just great go point. figure it out for themselves and yeah. i hate that they lock out a part of the ending like i hate that they lock out the whole final final chapters like that if you didn't do some kind of somewhat arbitrary and some not always easily read conditions that was silly about oh, royal yes. for sure that's just mean yeah. I, I, I mean that that's just that's just japanese rpgs sometimes <laughs> like like, just, like locking away major characters uh from like like from arcane happenings like uh, it's incredibly easy to miss entire characters in say star ocean 2 because it's mm-hmm. impossible to know when to backtrack or when to do a certain um uh what, what were those uh active events called uh, uh per- personal oh, actions pri- no private uh, action private actions already, that's yeah. The, yeah, yeah yeah what is and, and the and the remake uh communicated those better which helped a lot but it, yeah. it wasn't super well communicated how to get to the epilogue in persona 4 or 5 and uh, and I, I, I basically for people I, and, who don't know this, and they're like, the ending wasn't that great, and yeah, they got it, just the normal one. And, and the, the game sort of tells you to live your life how you would want to, but then it but punishes then you. Yeah. It punishes you if you don't min max a little bit. It's 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 very it's very weird and specific. And if you have anxiety about RPG completion or missables, they are right among, here. They, yeah, they are yeah. like they are probably very stressful at times. Mm-hmm. I love them, but I, I love parts of them and wish they were all sort of a little bit shorter and smoother. Um, yeah, uh, so, Alex, you're, um, you recently finished uh, Persona 3 for RPG Fans Review. Do you think it takes some of these criticisms under advisement? Um, I mean, it definitely like gives Persona 3 like the whole royal treatment, like quite literally. It, it now like looks and plays a lot more like Persona 5 royal. Um, which in terms of like, you're talking about like, yeah, the gameplay becoming a slog, uh, it definitely does help Tartarus, like compared to the original version, Uh. um, is nowhere near as much of a slog. Like I, whereas I was like, (gasps) is it actually better now to return to Tartarus to like grind and try to get levels and hope that my party members don't screw me over by making (laughs) dumb choices. Like I can now just like blow through a run of Tartarus. Like there's new mechanics that make it possible just to like do as much as you want. Uh, or you can, you could take it more. People get tired. Uh, no fatigue is gone. Yeah. Yeah. So all all in all, like it's, it's a much better game this time around. And and I love so much of the foundation of persona three that, uh, yeah, was just, like, reverse, this reverse remake was just me like clapping the entire time. I was I was so happy with with everything. That <laughs> I'm did glad too. about that. Do I, reverse? I, I loved Persona Three Portable just because you could access your other characters' menus uh, without having to talk to them in the Tartarus lobby. Yeah, there, there's uh, nothing nice. worse in the original yeah. than like grinding through Tartarus and then your party member makes a stupid decision in combat and you wipe and lose a bunch of progress. Oh, that that's God, that's yeah. really great. Yeah, the the old uh, you the uh, the Mitsuru Marin Karin Tentarafu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, they they did good with this one, and it might honestly be the least of a slog I've ever experienced with the Persona game. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I, I'm really glad to hear that because part of the reason why I didn't get into the Persona series was because I tried Persona Three when it first came out, and um, and and like I experienced Tartarus, and I was like, this is boring, and. Yeah. 
<laughs> and like it became like mind numbing. And by the time I would finish with like a run or whatever, a night, I, I it was when it first came out. I don't remember too much, but I do remember feeling like, I don't know, like my, my chin was like buried in my chest and I was half asleep and like I'd melted into the couch and like, <laughs> I, I just was bored. And I was like, you know, I heard amazing things about Persona 4, but I was like, maybe I just don't like things the, 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 the way that these people like them. And then I heard that Persona 5 has like the best turn-based combat system. And I was like, mm, maybe I ought to give these a, another try. So I'm really glad to hear you say that. I mean, yeah, like, it's, I'm it's, like, a, it's a weird series where it's like, on one hand, it's like undeniable, like how influential and like all-time great they are but at the same time you could pick any one of those games and point out like a handful of flaws worth picking apart um the things so, yeah, it does they're, good they're, they're, it does good so position. good yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's a contradictory series in some respects because yeah. it does some things really well and then <laughs> be yourself but be careful if you're gay <laughs> <laughs> Be yourself, but also every uh, social link conversation. Make sure you're pandering to the person's interests. Yeah, yes. Steph, that, that, that's yeah. pretty rough to hear flattery, with zero context. Yeah, flattery yeah. will get you everywhere until it doesn't. Beep boop. Beep. So, so is is like I I've heard people describe the sort of uh, like the cold steel formula as like a diet uh, persona. Is that the, true? The relationship stuff definitely is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> And, uh, but I mean, I, I would put Reen behind every persona protagonist. <laughs> that, poor Reen uh, in a way, I guess, but not really. No, not, no, never poor Reen. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, oh, he's the best commoner and the best noble, and everyone loves him, especially <laughs> you. Especially the teachers, too. Oh, <laughs> not this. There, there were no like, like relationship situations in that game that i felt were appropriate uh, yeah <laughs> none of it is like no this is weird because i've either watched these people grow up from teenagers you know or like it's my teacher or it's someone who is three feet tall max you know and uh that's gross so pass i want like reen went stag ending <laughs> oh that yeah no. that was mine <laughs> Well, all right, that was a meditation on the Persona games and uh, and how they're good, but maybe a little bit a little bit of a drag, a little bit overwrought. I would I, I would say if, if uh, is that a, is that a fair condensation of your feelings, Audra? Yes. All right. Well, I don't think these feelings are going to be condensed much at all because it's Alex we're talking about here. <laughs> but uh, uh, let's go ahead with your next unpopular opinion, which you at least in part expressed in some episodes of Retro Encounter last year. Yeah, so this next one, uh, I think um, Lost Odyssey is the best Final Fantasy game since Final Fantasy X. <laughs> Love it. Um, <laughs> that is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, for one, it's like most more true to the vision of the original Final Fantasies than anything that's come after. And and for context, I'm not one of these people who hate on the all the different takes Final Fantasy has had since X. Uh, I think it's it's cool that the series keeps uh, trying out new things. I think it's befitting of the series too for being like so ambitious and and narratively experimental. But yeah, Lost Odyssey just like it brought it made me feel like a kid again playing it. Like I felt like I was like booting up like a PS One Final Fantasy for the first time as a teenager and just having a great time with it. So, uh, yeah, it's a Mistwalker game written and overseen by Sakaguchi, the original creator of Final Fantasy. So 
in terms of lineage, it really is more of a Final Fantasy game than things that have come after. <laughs> um, it, it especially feels like a natural sequel to Final Fantasy X. It has like these more really does, uh, yeah. linear world design, level designs, and and kind of progression. And like it has that same thing with like the camera having like very deliberate ways of like framing your exploration and like following you along like the environments which i i feel it's like just like very expressive way to bring up character in environments so i, I loved seeing that stuff uh, and, and then it's just like a super group of talent behind it like obviously you got sakaguchi as the scenario writer uematsu is back doing his thing with music and while it's not one of his best soundtracks it is still a very good Uematsu soundtrack that final boss theme it's so good and the main theme that like kind of marching one oh my god the ones they play during the thousand years stuff is just so emotive too yeah yeah all all those different tunes Uh, I also want to point out the great protagonist or the artwork from uh, Takahiko Inoue. Yeah, I was just really about nailed to say. it with the artwork. Yeah, uh, Takahiko Inoue, my favorite mangaka of all time. Slam Dunk, Vagabond, Real. So good. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's he's incredible. And he did the character designs for this. If you've never seen like the the Japanese cover art for this, it looks amazing. Blows <gasps> the American out of the water. Absolutely. I hated um, that. That was from like an age where they just plastered 3D CGs on a cover oh, and photoshopped God, it together. So like, it can't be as bad as Suikoden 1. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that one's great. Be. Come on. Uh, yeah, the Japanese cover is great. That is a good one. Yeah. How do you, how could, how could I play this? Like, you know, right now. Oh, uh, on any of like the recent uh, Xbox consoles. So like Xbox One, any of those. I thought they didn't Xbox. port it. That's great. Wait, yeah, they, yeah. And it plays like one of the wow. things that critics panned about Lost Odyssey when it was released was how it ran on the 360. It was like too much. Uh-huh. But it plays like butter on the Xbox Series X. It, it looked amazing. It, it played flawlessly. Respon- menus were responsive as heck. Uh, just, just really good stuff. And um, also, obviously, the the last creative uh, force here is uh, Kiyoshi Shigematsu, uh, the Japanese fiction writer who did all the Thousand Years of Dreams stuff, which are these little short stories you essentially discover, like they're collectibles essentially in the world. You get by talking to certain NPCs. They're pretty long too. Like they'll last you about what's I don't that? Know, what ten to fifteen minutes, I think, to read. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they can be like between five to ten minutes to read on average, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and they have like, it's a little like the presentation is a little like PowerPointy almost, but like the <laughs> the quality of the writing and like the accompaniment to uh, of Uematsu's music just like blows away like everything and it just like adds so much to like the character building, your understanding of Kaim, the main character who. In the actual like cutscenes, like his performance comes off as kind of wooden, and his character isn't the most compelling. But then you read about all these crazy experiences he had throughout his a thousand years of living on Earth, and it just like adds this whole other depth to the character, and and really yeah. just like adds substance to to the game as a whole. Even though like these things aren't actually part of the quote unquote gameplay. Uh, they are so much part of this game's identity. So I just had like a great old time playing Lost Odyssey. Um, really feels so like a classic Final Fantasy. It, it hit the spot in, in every way. And, and also w- once you get to like, like there's a lot of like cool story stuff you go through on the first three discs. But once you reach disc four, the game like opens up like big time. And 
you really get to like push like the the systems and whatnot to to its limit and have like a lot of fun building characters. I guess the last thing I'll say is just like the character building system because it, it's it's so, so creative. <laughs> yeah. uh, because your party's made up of immortals and mortals. You have four immortals and about five mortals. And the mortals basically level up linearly and have relatively like fixed classes. Like you'll have like That's a so black cool. mage, a white mage. <laughs> they um, specialize, whereas our immortals can just carry on. <laughs> yeah. And then you essentially equip your immortals with That's like so a cool. mortal bond. And so you get to start learning the like different skills, whether they're like passive skills or active skills of the different mortals as you're like bonding with them. Uh, so I thought that was a really clever system and, and it's just like kind of like a spin on like a job system that just fits the game's themes really yeah. well, but allows that well same said. kind of like creativity. Uh, it rules. It's a really good game. Uh, I also just want to point out that one of the few times I really liked a video game commercial was this one uh, with the song from Jefferson Airplane doing like a, the what do you call it? The Alice in Wonderland song. Oh, shoot. What's it called? Uh, you're, you, uh, go Ask Alice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By, uh, she's Je- ten feet tall. Yeah, it's such a great track. <laughs> yeah, what a great commercial. <laughs> I mean, I I can't trust video game commercials really because I I genuinely liked the Fallout seventy six Take Me Home Country Roads commercial. <laughs> oh yeah. So and 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 we know that 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 uh, oh, Fallout seventy six maybe didn't live up to that song. Let's say. I, th- I think it's better now though. I mean, that, yeah, that's another game like <laughs> yeah. Anthem where a lot of people better. are just like, it's good now. <laughs> they did add vending machines, and I love vending machines more than anyone else I know. There mm. you go. I, I actually did have to research about Fallout 76's vending machines when I wrote that vending machine piece a few years ago. <laughs> that was that, that was a trip. <laughs> but uh, anyway, all right, if we're talking about Fallout 76's vending machines, maybe it's time to move on. Um, Steph, uh, you have the last unpopular opinion among here, and we might have saved the spiciest for last. I'm not sure. Because we've talked a little bit about uh, Legend of Heroes and Lost Odyssey and Persona and uh, and a couple Final Fantasy games. And there is something that they all have in common. Um, they have turn based combat. So uh, what was your uh, final opinion, which I will hint a little bit, saying that it's related to turn based combat? Hello, friends. <laughs> uh okay uh so like you know how like square enix doesn't really do them turn-based rpgs anymore (laughs) i'm fine with it (laughs) (laughs) octopath traveler 2 is real good stuff octopath traveler 2 is real good so is lost odyssey i I agree yeah i just i just like the action stuff way better i agree i I, I like like it keeps my mind active yeah a little more and by a little, I mean a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I just like that kind of, well, ever since like, you know, and it was my other hot take, ever since like Star Ocean came out, like it kind of did something in my brain, I guess, you know, between uh, Star Ocean and Tales, which were like my RPGs in my formative years or whatever. Um, I just like really enjoyed the action combat. I like the speed. I like being in control of what, what hit me and what didn't as opposed to turn-based where it's like, it will hit you. So learn to heal. I kind of liked, you know, the more me focused to on my controls. I do like turn-based, but I need them to be really interesting and persona and SMT doing the press turn weakness system like over and over and over again. It just really bores the pants off me now. I think press turn was really great for a while, but I mean, SMT Nocturne came out in 2003. Yeah. And uh, and 
what happened, you know, decades later in uh, in Persona 5, maybe even Tokyo Mirage Sessions, SMT4, uh, it's not that much different than it was in 2003. Um, and, and I don't I can't say I necessarily agree with this stuff. I, I like That's a lot fine. of <laughs> turn based combat. I mean, and again, my my favorite game of 2023, I think, was Octopath Traveler, too. Um, and I mean, I also love the hell out of Bravely Default, too. And uh, uh, Dragon Quest 11, which we're playing for the podcast in a few weeks. And uh, a, a lot of I love a lot of turn based games. Uh, but the thing is, I think I would go crazy if I only played turn-based games because yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 part of what's fun about an RPG is learning the nuances of combat and mastering them and playing around with it. Like uh, Octopath Traveler 2, for example, has a lot of tricks to combat uh, um, with the, the, the ways different classes can manipulate it and how you um, break and boost to like save up meter and spend meter makes it very interesting and or in how in Bravely default how you can defend to save future turns and then take a bunch of turns in a row like like i i think that combat needs to keep evolving to stay interesting but i still enjoy playing action games or action rpgs and turn-based rpgs and, and i don't think i want to change that but i i agree that um if turn-based combat isn't it doesn't have a twist or uh isn't really really snappy and fast moving then it can oh. get it can get boring very fast and one my, thing I think my is favorite actually, turn-based is final fantasy 10 oh yeah because um, i think final fantasy 10 does something that um it's so fast i love it, that you can start selecting the attack mid somebody else's attack I think and, and you can so you can change tight. and you can change a character out of your party instantly yeah, for fly. no instantly for no penalty and it, um, it, it all just happens so it's it's so snappy and that's i think it helps it a lot and like persona 5's turn-based combat is pretty good and partially because it, it all moves so fast and it, even when you uh win a battle your characters start running forward and like and and keep moving like it has it's turn-based combat with forward momentum to it and if uh oh if, when you're the cat bus and you can just mow enemies down that was like best moment of that whole game <laughs> Oh yeah, or or just running over enemies with your horse in Dragon Quest Eleven. Just see, I, I I love stuff like that. But the uh, yeah, I, I I won't say I agree because I like to, I like a lot of turn based games. But I, I think that we that turn based combat needs some kind of twist or a lot of polish to not be stale over the course of a dozens of hours long game. Okay, like okay, I, I agree with a lot of these points, and um, like yeah, I'm, I'm so happy that RPGs are leaning more into like action systems, like near automata um final fantasy 16 they both feel really great and fun to play gameplay wise super engaging no doubt that it's more engaging than like a turn-based game but there is like a feeling i get of even playing like the most bare minimum turn-based combat say i'm playing like a dragon quest 4 or dragon quest 5 Dragon Quest Seven on on a little portable device and <laughs> a lying lazier in, friend of mine says you can play them with one hand and it's great and li and lying in bed and lying in bed getting getting ready for sleepy times and I'm just playing a Dragon Quest going through this like slow turn based combat and I just feel absolute serenity and nothing can replace that. <laughs> no, my, my happy place is having a basketball game on the TV and I'm playing a turn based RPG in a handheld. Yeah, it's because. You can just you're you're taking an action with one part of your brain and in the at at your own pace serenely moving through an RPG in your hands. Yeah. There's there's something to that. I don't hate them. Like I, I actually do think it's pretty sad, and I would actually love to see like Final Fantasy 17 or whatever become turn based again. You know, kind of do an old you know heart 
back. And um, I, I do lament that they've kind of completely gone off it. You know, uh, I, I swear I'm not a total villain. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, I just prefer action-based systems, but I'm sad that, like, yeah, like, Square Enix will now only do what's popular for that series, and at the moment, it does not involve, uh, turn-based. Yeah, yeah, for as much as I liked Final Fantasy, for as much as I liked Final Fantasy 16, it was a direct, uh, maybe pandering is too strong a word, but it, it was trying to to appeal Souls to as many it. yeah to appeal to as many people as possible and um, an action-packed combat system is more appealing to a wide audience than turn-based combat generally speaking so and i think i'm sure that was a very very conscious decision on, very, uh, yeah. on yoshi p's part they probably just said okay it just has to be an action system okay it's, it's it, it wasn't like it wasn't an, an accident that they brought in a uh a uh devil may cry 5 uh um, yeah. battle director for it <laughs> totally did and the battle system was just very dmc-ish i think it's funny <laughs> uh i haven't played 16 yet actually <laughs> it's good it's, it's worth trying um i mean I'm worried they're gonna release a royal 2.5 edition so i'm kind of holding on we do know that there are two uh, uh dlc episodes one of them is out yeah. the other one is going to be much larger and is not out yet and i would i would not be shocked if there was some kind of ff16 golden royal that had a uh uh there always is the, yeah that, that had all the dlc and maybe some other extras as well well i wouldn't be yeah. shocked at all sorry everyone i'm too poor to buy them on day one <laughs> uh but yeah that was my hot take all right I did so appre- okay go, go, go ahead oh, i appreciated some of the groans i heard when it first came up i was really happy about that <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that goes back to what we were saying at the very beginning um sometimes people will share weird or unpopular opinions just for a reaction and um we didn't do that necessarily here we wanted to share our un- unusual opinions because i think that unusual opinions are interesting it's like i mean i mean these opinions are held for a reason like like uh like what is someone's thought process uh why is the opinion necessarily unpopular and a lot of our uh feelings today were uh easily shared by others like multiple times people would say the thing and basically half of the room would agree with them yeah so uh and and even when i fundamentally disagree with someone's opinion uh like action is better than turn-based um I, I, it's, it's at least, it's at least fun to talk about. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't think either is better. I just, I just like both, but, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think that, uh, we've all grown as people share, uh, sharing these feelings today. And, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm continuing to hold many, many bad opinions as I, uh, as I continue to play many, many RPGs. I'm like, I, I almost had some very, very mean things to say about beloved PS1 RPGs on this episode. How do you feel about Secret of Mana? <laughs> uh, I think it's, I, I don't know. It, um, it's maybe the fourth or fifth best mana game. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Hot take, apparently. Mm. It's, it's <laughs> fourth that's best. A, yeah, they, <laughs> that's a social media joke that uh, I'd rather not explain. <laughs> but, uh, you know, speaking of turn-based combat stuff, I think I mentioned this before, we are doing uh, two episodes on Dragon Quest X Echoes of an Elusive Age for the podcast later this month. Um, I uh, recently finished that game, and uh, I maybe regretfully uh, <laughs> will tell you that I love it just as much as I did in 2018. That game's amazing. And the turn-based combat helps rather than hinders it. But uh, we'll ex- uh, expand on those feelings um, in a couple of weeks. But also speaking of action-based combat, um, we're doing an episode on the Dragon of Dojima 
for uh, the Year of the Dragon, Kazuma Kiryu, next week. Uh, Jono and I sat down and basically with uh, Like a Dragon 8 um, being right in the middle of, of its release window now, uh, we have a lot of thoughts about the career of Kiryu over the course of, geez, something like 15 games in 19 years. Uh, so, uh, yeah, please look forward to Like a Dragon, then Dragon Quest. And we were then... complaining the Trail series was long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then, well, I mean, I think there might be more Trails games than uh, than Yakuza games. I'm not sure. But but then following that, we have even more Dragons with dra- an episode on Dragon Age 2 coming in March and a spoiler cast on the aforementioned Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth in mid-March. Uh, but after that, I think we're basically running out of steam or de-escalating uh, the Year of the Dragon a little bit with uh, two episodes on Final Fantasy IV coming after uh the like a dragon spoiler spoiler cast i mean ff4 has it has dragons in it it has a dragoon in it but it's not really like a dra- uh, it's not really like a dragon dragon quest dragon age so i think year of the dragon is basically over uh for retro encounter by the end of march but uh retro encounter is not rpg fans only podcast there's also random encounter every two weeks about randomness and what games are playing and rhythm encounter every other two weeks about rhythmness and rpg music uh you can email retro at rpgfan.com to get in contact with this podcast or follow any of those three podcasts and leave feedback on apple podcasts google play spotify or however you listen to podcasts we love feedback but if you want to interact with rpg fan the website and community outside of the podcast you can always visit rpgfan.com um, on uh, either on the website proper or where we have articles posting every day or on uh, various social media outlets such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, YouTube, Twitch, probably more than I'm forgetting. All of those are great ways to interact with uh, RPG Fan. Uh, but maybe the best way to interact with RPG Fan is to support us via the RPG Fan shop. RPGfan.com slash shop is a uh, outlet hosted by T Public where you can buy RPG fan merchandise such as apparel, coffee mugs, phone cases, and what have you. Uh, and yeah, please interact with RPG fan and its podcasts and its written work, however you choose. But if you want to interact with us, the panelists, as individuals and not as a podcast, you can always reach out to each of us individually on social media. How do you find us? Let's tell them, starting with you, Audra. Uh, email's the best way to find me, Audra B at RPGfan.com. Now, Steph. Um, you can find me anywhere online as Dice, uh, like playing Dice, Dice SMS. I do social media for the site, but I talk about video games and draw and do drawings for video games, actually, in, in my free time. Well, and, <laughs> and, your, and, time. and your professional life, because yeah. you, are, you are a stunningly <laughs> talented artist who gets a lot, who is incredibly busy. Yes. yes. <laughs> so yeah, come visit. Uh, Alex, how can people visit you? Uh, you can just email me at uh, Final Fantasy Eight is better than Final Fantasy Nine at gmail.com. Uh, just really? kidding. It's Alex from the check at gmail.com. Please don't send me hate mail for that take. Oh, I got got. <laughs> oh, no, it's all right. I'm already uh, sending you your uh, notice of termination from RPG fan for that take. <laughs> at least a write up. And uh, Paul, how can people find you? Uh, you can email me uh, pdennis89 at gmail.com. And listeners, the easiest way to find me is uh, you can if you search for at Evoker for Dogs on Instagram, Blue Sky, or Discord. So you know, uh, hmm. I, you know, I, I don't know if I feel better or worse about sharing my my opinions on these because mostly I just want to be able to play more video games and not have hundred hour ones. So I wish there were shorter tales of games and fewer trails of games. Thank you. Good night and good luck.